It's there for you. If you would be so kind right now to take your cell phones out of your pocket and make sure that they are on silent for the next few moments. And uh, if you're going to use your phone as a Bible, that's fine. But uh, you might want to give the Lord your undivided attention for the next few moments as the preaching of the Word of God uh, goes on. And if you don't need to get up during this service, it's a great thing if, you, uh, if you're able to remain in your seats uh, during the service, during the preaching of God's Word, unless it's absolutely necessary to get up. You say, why do you say this? Because it seems like people can sit through a two-hour movie but can't get through a 25-minute sermon without having to run out to the bathroom. And I'm not trying to be hard on folks. I'm just trying to say this is the Lord's house. I got threatened to go to jail one time when I uh, was in a courtroom, and the judge said, if your phone goes off during my courtroom session, I'll put you in jail and take your phone for the night. You know what I did? I turned my phone off. And now this is not a courthouse. This is the Lord's house. Much more important things are being discussed here than in a courthouse, and that's for sure. And so Brother Carl Anderson has been a missionary for many years. This morning he gave us his testimony how God... Brought him here as a lost man, and he got saved by the grace of God. His first wife passed away, and right before his first wife passed away, a prayer of her heart took place when her husband got saved. Now, Brother Carl is now married uh, to another lady, and they have been missionaries in Okinawa and in Sweden uh, for some time. His life is about preaching the gospel uh, to people wherever he goes. And I hope and pray that God gives you understanding of his speech today and that the Lord would, Brother Carl, I'm praying for you this morning that God would give you the, uh, uh, your calling, the utterance that uh, you need as you preach God's word to us today. So, Brother Anderson, you come. It's our privilege to have you here, Brother. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Good morning again, everybody. First, I'm... Why do I turn to Second Corinthians chapter eleven? Okay, I talk here, man. I like that air conditioner. That fan blowing the Bible here too. That's good. Praise the Lord. You know, in Okinawa, it's a hot place. You know, we didn't have that privilege there, but I was. Uh, you know, I'm a before I was saved, I was a biker and uh, all these tattoos. I always have long sleeves there. I was preaching, but I was wet all over before I was done. But uh, first, second, hold it, second Corinthians chapter 11. I'm going to get there, and we're going to get ready. Let's see if it stays there now. Get everything ready. I'm... One of them uh, preachers, um, this I have an outline. I write down, I'm not good in English, so I have my uh, golden book. I write down, you know, and I try sometimes I write down scriptures to save time. You know, I know that we live in a time when, uh, you know, you know, man, if we've been on the Paul's time now, he's preaching from morning to evening. I mean, he preached a long time, right? We get tired quick, like your pastor said, you know, but I remember first I was saved, you know, 
man, I couldn't get enough hearing the word of God. I never looked at the watch when I went to church. I heard a preaching man. I get yes. Most times, soon after the preaching, I went up to talk to my pastor. And I probably pastor him in life because I always said, oh, what is this? What is this? I asked that all kind of question. But I'm saying, you know, it's wonderful to be saved. It's the greatest privilege on earth. I know the lost don't know, but I hope, understand it, but I hope we as believers, I still don't understand it fully, honestly, but I know it's the greatest privilege to be a child of God. Then the second greatest privilege, being a child of God, be able to serve him in one of his local churches. Never take that privilege for granted. Never. And uh, some of you heard me on the uh, Sunday school, so you get used to my English, but you're a visitor. I'm going to try to sometime, you know, I get excited about the Lord. We should, I'm on fire for the Lord. We should be. I don't talk about all this, you know, but sometimes I talk too fast when I get excited. So I don't get embarrassed if you just tell me, slow down, Brother Anderson, because I want you to not to understand me, me, but you know, from the Word of God. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Amen. But we're going to read from Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11. I start reading there. You know, Paul, he write to a church of God, right? Church at Corinth, a local church. Uh, saved people. But like most, they're probably somebody who's not saved. We don't know that, right? But I mean, uh, this saved people. But we always you know, come in and hear the word so people get saved, right? The preaching. But he said, verse 1, Would to God you could bear with me a little in my fo- folly. And indeed, bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I espoused you to one husband, that I might present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear that by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility, subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Let's pray. Dear God Almighty, you know it's in my heart. You lay my heart. I want to share here. Help me with the Holy Spirit to share it. Open hearts so we understand from you and help me to speak clear English for your glory, Lord. So you be glorified and your people will encourage if there is one lost person, one lost, they might come to know you today. Please, Lord, for your glory. In Christ's name I pray. He talked to the church, but he talked about this word here in verse 3. I read again. But fear, I fear that by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Simplicity in Christ. You know, I don't want to get confused here with simple. You know, the Bible and the Old Testament talk a lot about simple. It's not good to be simple. But you remember... Psalm 119, verse 130, it said, The entrance of thy word giving light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. In a sense, we all this before we were saved. We were simple in that sense. It all means we we could be educated in all kinds of things, but we didn't have Christ in our heart. Because he is the light of the world. And we who are saved... Supposed to be a light of the world. Now, Jesus Christ, when he started to 
preparing his church, his local church. You know, there in Matthew 5, and he talked it first. We know the famous area, you know, but uh, a mountain on the uh, <laughs> preaching on the mountain, we call it, right? The servant on the mountain in English. You know, but he said there in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they see your good work and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Our light is Lord Jesus Christ. Our Amen. life is Lord Jesus Christ. Our whole, everything is about Him. So, when he's talking about here, he worried about this church, right? Listen, through the subtilness of your mind should be corrupted. That's a strong word, isn't it? Corruption. We don't like to hear that. You know, we talk about politics and most around the world, politicians corrupted, it seems like. You know, you know what I'm saying? But it's not a good word. And he is, Paul is always straight to the point. He's talking to, to God's people. Do you understand me here? He's talking, I realize I have to slow down a little bit. He talking to God's people. God's people can be corrupted. The devil can deceive. He can't, if you're truly saved, you're saved with the Holy Spirit until that redemption day will be for him for a new body. But, you know, we can still be, get away from the truth, not serving him like he wants us to do. So that's going to be a simple message, but I want you to think about that, the simplicity in Christ. Not the simple moment, but the simplicity in Christ. You know, it's in Christ is the thing. In Christ is everything. And I have a few scriptures I want to share with you, but it's, you know, quite a few. We're going to, I don't going to, will we ring here too? Let me know when I'm going to quit. I'll probably be a little bit over here, but praise the Lord. You know, this is an important message. I've not because I'm here preaching, but from the Word of God. And I want you to think about this, you know, the simplicity in Christ. So I want to think this will be one point message. It's one thing. I'm going to try to hammer in her in your heart. I trust the Holy Spirit help me to. I'm the vessel here, but hammer in your heart. This one thing is important. The simplicity in Christ, okay? So we start reading. You can turn there. You don't have to realize it's to save time. I write down the scripture. But Psalm 27, 4. Here's a mindset. I believe you have the psalmist who wrote this. And he said, one thing have I desired. One thing. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the day of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and the inquire in his temple. That inquire that means just a praying. But you know, this is a man of God, I believe, here who is saving him. He has one thing have I desired. They have to start, you know, it start before we have that desire. God has to work in our heart. That's right. You know, first thing, that's why the gospel is so imperative. Is that the word? Oh, I'm getting fancier. Um, very important, right? Very imperative. The gospel, you know, of course, we, before any person gets saved, he needs to see the need of God. That need. And that need, yes, it's the word of God preached, but it's the gospel who put that on and saved the person, right? The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was born, come into this world, he was... Uh, crucified, and was buried, and rose again the third day. Amen. You know, that need, I remember first I say quick, you know, when I see that need of Christ to want to be saved, there was somebody who shared the gospel with me. I believe in all my heart, 
that it's a person's heart, if they see that need of salvation, God will send somebody to share that with that person. You know, but the thing is, one thing I've desired the Lord, they have to be, as we as believers, that desire, that's not one thing. Let's start with that from our heart. Everything is about the heart, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He gave us that hope, not just temporary hope in this life. He gave us hope of eternal life one day being heaven with him. So this psalm is saying, I have that one thing I desire of the Lord, that I seek after I may dwell in the house of the Lord, that all the day of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I'm just going to share a little bit how important. I know you know it, but it's burdened my heart as a born-again believer to share the gospel. But if you're really born again, you know, the, the whole counsel of God is important. If I'm a church man by reading the word of God, then people, you know, get saved. They need to have a church to go to. Amen. They need to have a church to go to. Can you imagine, you know, Jesus always used them simple illustration. Right? You might be born again, but he used this. We can understand the, the fleshly thing, you know. But can you imagine the praise for all little girl here is going to be born pretty soon? You know, in the future, right? By the grace of God, you know. But can you imagine uh, giving a child a birth and say, okay, that's all right, he's born, and then just leave it there? Yeah. Never going to survive, right? right. Man, that's, you know, but yes, Jesus said, you might have, must be born again, you know. And then the child of God, if you're young or old, you need that coming to a church yeah. and hear the word of God. That's what this man desire. I believe it's the most natural thing for a child of God. Want to go to the house of God. Have that desire. That's the first thing, you know, for a born-again believer. Okay? Have that desire. So, go quickly to the second thing, you know. I want you to think about, think about this one thing. And think about Mark 10, 21. It says, I can read one scripture. That's about, you heard about the... They call that the young rulers, you know, come to Jesus. That's how to be, have eternal life. I cannot paraphrase that, but, you know, he said, he, you know, what law do I have to keep, you know, and he'd been uh, keeping the commandments, you know, and uh, from the beginning, you not kill and not that thing, and uh, he uh, honors his parents and all that thing, and uh, love your neighbor. But then thing, when Jesus talked, he come to the right person. You know who I'm talking about, right? Sure. You're with me, right? Yeah. That uh, young man. He come to the right person. That's the thing about one thing. You know, we go to Jesus. There's all the answer. This young man was religious. He was religious. It's, it's not a sin in itself. But it's a thing we put before God. But I'm going to read here so you understand what you're talking about today. He came to Jesus, and Jesus, beholding him, loved him. That's how Jesus and people seek. This man was a seeker. He wanted to do things, right? Seems like. And he came to Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, the worst sinner, Paul was the worst sinner. He admitted, you know, you know, it don't matter what kind of background. But we come to Jesus. Yes, if the right heart. He can behold you and said, here, behold him, loved him, and said unto him. But Jesus, he's not never preached any sugar-coated thing. Do I say that right? There's a kind of American express, but he's preaching straight to the heart. He was straight to the point. He said, one thing thou lackest. 
I want you to understand this thing here. We talk about today, one point message. One thing have I desired. One thing, he said here, is lacking. What is it? One thing thou lackest, go thy way and sell whatever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and take up the cross and follow me. He was, a, we know later, he was a man of great possession. So he didn't follow Jesus. I want to just stop here a little bit, you know. It's not the riches, how much we have, but it's what we have we put before God. It can be anything, a poor or rich. It can be you, uh, for me, my personal life, before I say it, my guy was a Holy Davidson, a machine, a motorcycle. But it can be cross stitch, it can be, I can mention all kinds of things. Whatever, it can be your wife, it can be your husband, it can be your children, your family. Even in the sense, if you put Christ, church before Christ, you hope you understand what I'm saying. If you put something before Christ, you never follow him. He has to be first. You know that said, uh, uh, give uh, to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and take up the cross and follow me. That cross, I know some people we have in Okinawa who run around with the cross and the thing, you know, and uh, he's not talking about that cross. The cross, you know, cross is an instrument to kill people. The cross means, when we follow him, means we die to ourselves. Right. Whatever it is, if money your problem, get rid of it. If it's uh, cars or motorcycle or things or people, whatever it is, sport, man, it's a big problem in this country. I know that, you know. But you know, whatever it is, say, here it is. Crucified it. You know, there is one thing, we surrender everything to the Lord. But, you know, surrender is important and that... Uh, Whatever word I'm looking for now, I can't remember that word in English, you know, but uh, we have to be a, uh, it's, whatever that word is, it's not coming out of my mouth now, but the most important thing is to crucify, to die to self. That's what he's talking about here, you know. You have to give up self. Simple as that. This is a simple message. I'm preaching about the simplicity that is in Christ. And Christ is straightforward, you know. Yes, there has to be the desire from the heart, but then it has to be one thing lacking here. Here, something he put before God. We can never be disciples. So, the next thing is so important. I hope you listen here, everybody. It's so easy for believers. I talk to our believers, born again believers, get so it's grounded in the truth, and we get so used to the thing we do. So, no, so it just become emotional thing. Um, not emotional, emotion, we just do it by habit, yeah. you know. But you know, that's for everything. Paul said, you know, we should be crucified every day. Every day die to ourselves, because that self, my worst enemy, I don't blame the devil in that sense, it's myself, Carl Anderson. The same you, your own self is your worst enemy. That self is powerful. Jeremiah 17, 9 said, uh, the man's heart is desperate, wicked. Who can know it? That's all of us. You say, oh, I'm not like that hit, but one thing, we have the same heart. They don't work out, but by the grace of God, we might, but, but do you understand what I'm saying here? That it's so important. We say, Lord, I am, you know, I'm not qualified for anything, but he loved us when we were yet sinners, gave his life for us. Now, that's the point. Are you with me so far? That point is one thing. 
the simplicity in Christ. The desire in our heart want to be to learn more about Him, be part of His church, learning. Then, you know, the thing that's lacking is because we have something set before Him. Get rid of all this stuff. Just give it to Him. He will take care of it. One thing before I go to the next scripture, I wouldn't say, you know, I had a problem with drinking, all kind of thing, you know. But Lord, when He saved me, that alcohol, He just seems like took it away. But smoking, I had a heart problem. I was baptized, I still smoked. I went to church, fired up on chair Jesus. I still smoked. I remember one Wednesday night, I was all by myself, little, little tra- lived in a little trailer. And I'd been on a service and talked about the, sharing the gospel. I come home out of cigarettes. If you've been smoking, you know what I said, you know, man, no cigarettes. Went by, bought me a pack. He came home and put that, and I said, it's like low lay in my heart. Man, here I am trying to share Jesus, and man, I'm smoking. So I went down on my knee that day. I said, Lord, help me to quit. Simple prayer. But he did. By the grace of God, I never smoked again. That's 30 plus years ago. Whatever it is, that's a little thing, but whatever it is, be serious about it. Take it to Jesus. Because in him is that power. It can be whatever it is. I don't bring up it. It's just a mile. I will share a little thing. Whatever it is will hinder you. And he will help you. It's a promise not from me, from the word of God. So next thing is, you know that story too, Martha and Mary, right? Maria. I call them, you say Mary, but Maria. In Japanese, I get to but you know what I'm talking about. In Luke 10:42, there's two sisters who had a brother, two Lazarus, right? And uh, Martha, she was a busy lady. We like them busy ladies, don't we? I mean, it's about all kinds of things. That's good. There have been lots of preaching about her. She's needful. You know, I'm just going to say something here. I'm just going to take what Jesus said. That's the most important thing. Martha, Jesus loved her and Mary. And Lazarus. But the point is here, you know, when he got up, Martha, Martha, you're busy with all kinds of things. But I want to come to the, you know, the scripture there. So in Luke 10 42, it said, But one thing is needful. Well, I tried to preach, right? The simplicity that's in Christ. This is one thing, one point message where this started, that's one desire, him and him only. To know more about him, like in Second Peter 3.18, to grow in the knowledge of grace of Lord Jesus Christ. That's your daily desire, daily desire. More about him. Put everything behind us, would hinder us to know more about him. And he's so plain here, Jesus Christ. That's what I love about the Bible. That's something I don't understand still, but I learn more and more as Lord let me live. But there's something we can first lay on hearts. The foundation. We talk about this simple foundation, but it's deep and very important. We told Mary, one thing is needful, and Mary have shoes in that good part which shall not be taken away from her. What did she choose to set at his feet? She was sitting at his feet and listening to Jesus when he was speaking. We can have the same privilege today. 2023, we will take time from the Word of God. We open up the Bible in the morning, in the evening, whatever you have time. You know, it's 
24 hours a day, you take time, your time. But best thing, first thing first in the morning, I believe, of course. His mercy is fresh every morning, right? But we take time. We get so busy, we get out there in the world, but take time to feed on the Word of God. Take time. You start your day. The sitting with Jesus' feet. How do we do that when we open the precious Bible? Oh, man, I'm still excited about that. I remember when the Lord saved me in that church. They gave me a King James Version Bible, you know. Amen. And, you know, the first one I have, I don't have it more, but I gave it to a Swedish person who needed a Bible. But I have it. I got one. I have a King James. I could buy me some, but the first one. But the point is, gave me a Bible I could read. And I was, you think my English is not that good now. You should listen to me 34 years ago. <laughs> but I was reading that, you know, and I thought, man, I got so excited to open up the Word of God. Are you excited about that's one thing? But sitting with Jesus' feet. One thing was lacking. So, not what, you know, we said, oh yeah, we have to do Malta too, but bishop thing. Lord knows that thing. We'd have to take care of things about the church, the material thing. That's, you know, but the thing, spiritual, we talk about here, to serving God. Amen. It starts always with the heart. It's in Christ. And that's the simplicity. Because it starts here, and it starts with, you know, we desire Him. More about Him. More, more about Jesus. That's a wonderful song. And then we take everything, put it behind us. Whatever it is to hinder us, to know more about Him. And we sit at His feet. Yeah. That's one point thing, one point message. And I will now turn to, you can turn there if you want to, but you know about the blind man in John chapter 9. I'm not going to read the whole thing there, because I know we're going to try to, I'm not going to be intimidated by that clock, but I'm going to finish by the grace of God this message. i got one page to go, so praise the Lord here. <laughs> you hope you're with me. Are you with me? Do you understand what we talk about here? Are you excited about sitting with the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and learning from Him? You know, there's a Blind man, you know the story there in John chapter 9. Come to Jesus. Or Jesus, excuse me, Jesus come to him, you know. And he was blind, you know, they said, who was the, seeing his parents or him? None of them, right? But he spit and make him to see, right? And man, them religious people, they throw a fit, didn't they? Do you know the story? They throw a fit, you know. I said, man, you know, they didn't thought he was blind. Is that the same person? And they even asked his parents, you know. And they said, yeah, we know, it's our son, you know, we know he's blind from birth, you know, but they were afraid of the Pharisee, you know. Some people, you know, religious people, we can be afraid of other people, you know. False religion puts fear in your heart. True religion sets you free from fear of man, you know. But the point is, you know, they got to ask him again, the parents asked him, you know, ask himself. He's a man of age, you know, go to him. And I want to point out here, you know, it's about this one thing. Because uh, in John 9:24, then again called they the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. This is a Pharisee, right? Yeah. Religious group. Think about this here. We talk about the simplicity in Christ. That's one thing. And then come who's supposed to know the whole Bible, supposed to looking forward to Messiah. But they have twisted the laws. And they come and said this. I'll read it again. Then again called it the man that was blind and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. What is a bold statement of a lost person? Sure. The lost per- people sometimes can be so bold. Man, they talk about, you know, this 
evolution thing and all kind of thing, you know, that this is a fact, you know, we know that because so and so and all kind of thing, you know. But we said, they know that this man is a sinner. Can you imagine that? You know, it's almost like abomination when I read, because they, you know, the people who are supposed to know, his own people, he came to his own people and they denied him. I want to think about that. This is so powerful here because they said this man is a sinner. God himself, they didn't know him. They didn't know him. To be saved, to be in Christ, as we talk about the simplicity in Christ, Christ is not simple. He's God himself. He is the creator. He's everything. But it's simplicity to know him. We can know him. And he takes care of things. They was boasting, call him a sinner. But, in verse 25, listen. This blind man, he answered and said, Whatever he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that there's I was blind, now I see. One thing he knew. That's what we need to know. We talk about the simplicity in Christ. One thing I know, I've never been blind. Uh, physically but I was blind spiritually I didn't see when I, I used to like correct I still like but I used to like it you know the nature and all the thing but now I like it different way because I know the creator Amen. I talk about one thing he said I was blind but now I see you know later of the story Jesus come to him you make you healing and that thing you know that's not for the saving purpose for the Yes, healing physically to lead him to Christ, right? And this, Jesus went to the blind man later and said, do you know the Son of God? He said, no, who is it? And he said, this is I who speak to you. He got saved. The point I want to say here about us, you know, you know, there might be somebody being blind, but I don't think you have anybody who been the Lord opened up the eyes in that sense, right? But, you know, we know when we was lost. We know when we was lost in this world and lived for the world. He was blinded by the devil of this world, like Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The God of this world had blinded us. But when we heard the precious gospel and we believed in our heart, repentance in our heart, we believed, he opened our eyes Amen. and saved us and sealed us. We see a wonderful thing, you know. That's one thing no man can take away from. This blind man, he said, later he preached him to you. But anyway, he said, the point is, we need to know that one thing. We have a salvation we can know, not by feeling, but by promise of the word of God. Amen. We know it, you know, the first John five thirteen talk about there, this is which what do you know? You know, we know we have a knowledge. There's so many scriptures, I'm not going to share all of them, but we don't have time, but you know it. I know, not because I feel different or whatever looks or change or all that kind of thing, because I know of the promises of the Lord. You know, there in Hebrews 6, 18 19, they talk about the 18 and 19, they talk about that two immutable things of God. That means he never changed, he can't lie. They talk about that the anchor of the souls, anchor of heaven, that's our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. I know what his promise is, he promised us everlasting life. One day we're going to be in heaven with him. I pray and hope and trust in each one of you here. If you don't have that hope, don't fake religion. I hope you know with no doubts. Like they can come, religious people can talk you away from you. You have to do that. Oh, you're not saved if you don't have 
if you don't been baptized, you're not saved. Or if you don't do all these uh, sacrimonies, you know, you have to be in certain church to be saved. You know, all kind of things the religion teach you. The only thing you have to do is to repent and trust the Lord Jesus Christ to receive Him. And the wonderful thing is, He come into us, and we come into Him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Isn't that wonderful? The point here is, there's one thing He knew, and I hope you knew it before you leave this church today, church building. Hope is in your heart. So almost done. We go to the next one. Philippians 3.13 I want to read. Philippians 3.13 Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do forgetting. Those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, this is Paul, the one thing I do. One thing. That only means we don't forget everything behind us. Oh, yesterday, I don't know about yesterday. I forgot, you know, no. We remember where we came from, right? We talked a little bit in Sunday school. We remember where we came from. But we look forward to pressing on that to know more. Like in the second, not second, the Philippians 2.13, you talk about Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That don't mean you work for tribulation. Salvation. We have salvation. We work because we love Him, right? Because there's one thing Paul did, you know. He haven't apprehended. And Paul, I mean, he was a man of God. He knew a lot, right? We thank the Lord. He written all that thing. He's still pressing on, pressing on. Can I say that? This is one thing. That's simplicity in Christ. We receive him, if you're young or old, a few years back or many years back, or trust the Lord, if you're not saved and you receive him today, then we just keep on to know more about him, to know more about him. Because that's what it's about, Jesus Christ. For one day, he will come and take us home. It might be, that's the Bible call that the imminent. That means like this, a twinkle of an eye. I mean, it's quick. I can't blink that quick, you know, but I mean... That's quick. Are we ready? Paul, he warned his little first church. You remember there in Matthew 24? They talk about 44, 45, you know. He's coming like a thief. Because he's coming at a time we don't know. So be ready. So that's to be ready. So that's simplicity. Here in Christ is, yes, we are part of his church. We're there. We serve in the church. We're praying there. Pray for each other and care for each other and whatever it is there. You know, we put everything behind us. That's one thing lacking. Put everything behind you. The needful thing. One needful thing. We get to the Word of God and feed every day the manna from heaven. He is the bread of life. We're feeding on Him, and we know in our heart for sure. Whatever men say, one thing we was blind, but now we see. You know, and like Paul said here, that's one thing to pressing on to know more. So we can share more to some Lord's soul. Because I believe in all my heart, like I said, there's a Luke 15, I believe, is one sinner repent. There's joy in the presence of the Lord. Amen. One sinner, one soul worth it all. Last three years, we haven't seen nothing. We've been, uh, everything happened in Sweden, they closed the COVID, all that stuff come, you know, and, you know, it kept me going because I know who I believe. The word of God. We try to share. If no, everybody say no. I'm going to keep going by the grace of God. Because reaching for that one soul. That's why we have a burden for souls. It's not a, a specific geographic place.
place in that sense is souls. Like that, uh, no, I can say no, I can spare time, but no, please. It's one point message, but that's one thing. Are you with me so far? Yes. We go to the second Peter 3 8. It's about time. That's not what, it's about time to change, not that. You know, it's about, you know, the time, time itself. You know, when does time start? Bible said, in the beginning, God created all things, right? In the beginning. That's what time starts. God is eternal. He has no time. He's eternal. We can't, if you can understand that, we can't grasp something that's always been, always will be. But that's what he promised us. We have a beginning of life. Life is a gift from God, but we have a start you can't choose your own mama. You can't choose your own daddy. You can't choose where he was born. This gift from God, life itself, then promised us everlasting life when you're born again. Amen. So this is time I talk about here. Because in Second uh, Peter 3, 8, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. You know, ignorant is almost like to be a simple mind, right? Not having understanding. It's no sin to be ignorant. But if you're born again believer, you stay ignorant. That's a sin. Okay? Please understand me. I say it all love. You know, we need to receive him. He gave us everything. We read that in first, second Peter there. You know. He gave us everything so we can grow in him. The point here is that love be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a one day. Now, I know some are a bit twisted and try to, oh yeah, that's what we try to take this verse out of context or make uh, evolution, all that, you know, say with million years old thing. It had nothing to do with that. They just explained for us what kind of God we have, eternal God. Right. One day, you know, it's nothing for him. A thousand years, like, man, we take a thousand years compared to eternity. What is that? Yeah. You know, it's nothing. So that's the point, you know. One thing. It's about time. And God eternal, and he promised us eternal life. From, from, from who? In who? In Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So said all this, it's almost done to the last page. Are we doing all right? Yeah. Are you still excited about serving the Lord? Are you excited about the word of God? Amen. Is it encouraging just to hear the word of God? Don't look at all man how I talk one thing, but being excited about the word of God, the simplicity in Christ. Yeah. It's about him. So we continue in Psalm 62, 5 and 6, it said, the psalmist wrote, My soul, wait thy only upon God. You can use that only too, like one thing, right? Simple message today, but it's this one thing. Soul is a spiritual thing. Wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my savior. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Him only. That's to keep me going. And by the grace of God, it kept me going for 34 years now. I'm so thankful because I was 34 years old when the Lord saved me. Now I'm 34, so I start to outweigh my year from the lost. Amen. And I praise the Lord. If you have one year or two years, whatever, you know, I'm just thankful as long as I live one day at a time. <coughs> To sharing him, to sharing his word. That's one thing. 
the desire in my heart to know more about him. Is that your desire? To know more about Jesus Christ. You know, to know more about him is to know more about his local church. Some people say, you probably heard too, I heard over in Sweden, oh yeah, long it says church is not important. Some people say, oh, I, can, I have my church out in the wilderness. I have my church here. And it's long saved. But if you're truly saved, saved, salvation, if you love Jesus Christ, it's in him. What did he say about church? First, he's promised to build his church on this rock, right? Then he said there in the Acts 20, 28, he loved the church so much to born with his blood. If you're a born-again believer, you're going to love his church. And we find out, study the Word of God. We're sitting in, you know, Jesus' feet and learn about the church. That local church is precious. Like I start out with, that's the greatest privilege for a born-again believer to serve him in one of his churches. But this psalm is said, only wait upon God. He take care of us. I know we go through a few things, especially your pastor. You pray for your pastor and all this. I've been through about you moving and stuff. And man, it can be a hassle in the flesh. But we know he's in control. So I know we just need prayer. We are fragile in the flesh. We need prayer. I need your prayer. We pray for me. We continue. Philippians, you know, 127 is one of my favorites. I used to have it memorized, but uh, I write it down. Sometimes when I know I memorized, I got flesh hair and I mis- misinterpreted it. So I'm going to read it for you, Philippians 1.27. Only let your conversation be as become the gospel of Christ. Only. They talk about there then, you know, about the, the unity, you know. It says, you know, be in one spirit. Because all things about one. So I'm going to finish with, uh, yes, the closest this. Because I start out with simplicity, simplicity that is in Christ. We can be corrupted from that simplicity. And that scripture I share with you is a basic foundation. You know, we start with, you have to have a desire from It's everything starts in the heart. Salvation is the heart, belief from the heart, serving him from the heart. Motive is from the heart, love of God. That's why Jesus Christ, he never said, you have to do this and this and this. Remember what he said in John 14, 15? If you love me, you keep my commandments. Amen. You know, that's enough free. We are set free by the word of God. And it's free indeed in Christ. John eight thirty six, So we can serve him and not the word. But the Paul, he wrote in, a, in a, I'm going to close to this, in Ephesians chapter 4. We start there, you know, with the unity of the spirit. You know, we know that's so important. For God's people to be united in one spirit. One, I just read there. He said there are seven things. You know, but the unity of the spirit. This says one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of it all. When you take time to always say seven things. There's one thing, one thing. And that's you know when you study each one of them. You know, sitting with need of Jesus. And study the word of God, you know. There's not two faiths or two baptisms and two things. It's one, he said here. That's what we learn from the word of God. To be united in Jesus Christ. Because this is his church. And you have the privilege to serve him in one of his churches. Yes, the pastor, the under-shepherd, I think the Bible calls it, it's a privilege to be a shepherd, right? But as a shepherd follow the... Head shepherd, is that proper English? Yes. Keep on serving him. 
and I give over to a pastor here for invitation, but if you don't know him, you might be a good person in your own eyes. You might be a churchgoer. Tithing. And all kinds of, I heard many testimonies. Sometimes I learn, you know, you can, that can be a fickle wall to hinder you from come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't say this with a very humble, you know. I didn't know nothing. But when I heard the word of God, somebody sold, somebody water. It took seven years from I heard the first time. I'm so thankful the Lord's patience. Finally, I realized God opened up my heart. I needed Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Amen. You see that need in your heart, and you receive him. Praise the Lord. But if you never truly receive him, today is the day. Amen. Somebody here, I believe, we can share from the Word of God that it's all about him. And there is a lot in that message. We started out with the simplicity that's in Christ. We're going to stand in just a moment and have an invitation. But one of the, I suppose one of the things that changed my life the most was before I was ever born. My dad went to a, a restaurant. Him and my mother were recently married and uh, I wasn't even born yet. And uh, there was a man in there reading a Bible. And my dad came over to him and he said, Hey, you know, I got a question. My dad was raised as a Roman Catholic and he was taught that he needed to be baptized and he went to confirmation. He knew all the stations of the cross. And he just had some more questions about the Bible and he had given the nuns, he went to a Catholic school, a bunch of questions and they, they couldn't answer a lot of his questions. They'd say, Well, this priest said this or, or, or this... A religious person said this, or tradition says this. Well, he went to this fellow who was reading a Bible, who wasn't even a pastor, and he said, what about this? And every question he asked, the man turned in the Bible, and he would say, well, this is what the Bible says about it. And then he asked another question, and he turned in the Bible and said, well, this is what the Bible says about that. And my dad said, this was odd to him that anybody would answer his scriptural or his spiritual questions from the Bible. And he said, where can I get some more teaching about this? You know, I was born and raised in Michigan, in East Detroit. That's where my dad was. He was in Detroit, Michigan. And right down the street from where this restaurant was, he said, there's a Baptist church down here. If you go to that Baptist church, you can get some more teaching about this. And my dad went in there the next day and he heard a preacher from Alabama Go figure. Can anything good come from Alabama? And he was preaching and just getting after it, just preaching the Word of God, preaching the Word of God, talking about receiving Jesus and being born again. And those, if you were lost, and using terms that my dad needed to, to understand. And, and basically the service was about receiving Christ. My dad said of all the things that he had done religiously at that time, he knew that he had never received Jesus. And at the invitation time, someone approached him. And they said, they said, would you like to receive Jesus? And this is what my dad did. No thanks, I'm Catholic. And the man said, I'm not talking about becoming a Baptist. I'm talking about receiving Jesus. 
This isn't about converting religions or anything else. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've never come to the Lord and acknowledged that you personally are a sinner, and that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, if you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus, I want to invite you today to receive Jesus Christ. It will be the greatest thing that ever happened for your soul, because the Lord promises to forgive those who come to him in faith. My dad, he put his hands down when the man said, I'm not talking about converting religions. He said, you know what? I would like to do that. And he went down to an old-fashioned altar, and he got saved by the grace of God. And even after he got saved, my dad would give a testimony about he was, he, he was raised around folks that were still drinking when they were religious. And he was witnessing to people with a Pabst Blue Ribbon in his hand. And someone said, hey, how could you witness to me while you're drinking beer? And my dad said, well, I didn't never know that it was, you shouldn't do that. So he went to the sink and dumped it out and hasn't touched it again since. It's just he, he learned. He, he came to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to say today, friend, if you're lost, if you don't know Jesus Christ, he came to die for your sins. The Bible says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus is coming to the world to save sinners. So he came to save you. And if you're willing to receive Christ in faith, this invitation is for you. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed as we prepare for this verse of invitation. This is a time when we invite people to come down to the altar and pray about things that are on their heart. You may be lost today and you don't know the Lord as your Savior. We invite you to come during this verse of invitation to receive Christ. You may have some other thing on your mind or your heart today. You may have a family member, something going on in your life that you need to come and use the altar for. Jesus said himself that his house should be called the house of prayer. This is a place where you can bring your burdens to the Lord. As Brother John sings the first verse of this song, I want to invite you to come. Jesus died. Won't you come today? Shelter in which we can hide. And His grave so free is sufficient for me. And deep is the fountain as wide as the sea.
We'll sing another verse in just a moment. You know, Brother Carl said he got saved at the age of 34. It's never too late to get saved. He says he's 68 now. I hardly believe him. But that's, he got, he got saved at 34. I got saved when I was 13 because my dad raised me in church. My dad got saved around the age of 20. How old are you right now? Are you, are you saved? It's never too late to get saved. Don't put it off. If you know you're lost and you know that Jesus paid for your sins, won't you come? Don't let religion hold you back. Well, I, I put money in the plate. I, I, I served. I, I do this. I th- you don't go to heaven based on what you do. You go to heaven based on what Jesus did. You received that gift from Him. He was the only one that could pay for your sins. Please, don't put it off. If God's worked this in your heart and you're not saved, why don't you come get saved today? As we sing this next verse. Amen. out there's room at the cross for you day in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Brother Anderson. He'll be with me at the back. Please shake his hand on the way out and let him know how much you enjoyed his Oklahoma accent. And uh, you be praying for him as he goes along his way. He's going to be going to a different church here in the area this evening, but he'll be staying in the missions house uh, for the next several days as he's visiting area churches. And uh, we're very thankful for him and for his ministry. Uh, don't forget, tonight we'll have, is there choir practice tonight? There is choir practice for those of you who are in choir. And uh, we have 6 p.m. services tonight. We're going to continue our journey through the book of 1 Samuel. 
been a real blessing so far, and we hope that it will be a blessing to you uh, today. I'm going to go ahead and call on Brother Tyvon Rice to dismiss this service in prayer, please.